0: Previously on the Simply Human Podcast. Uh, What is one thing that you enjoy about life in particular or or something that you do to make life more enjoyable? Well, there's always sex. (laughs) (laughs) It's episode 13 of the Simply Human Podcast with your host, Mark Rogers, a human being being human my goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat sleep move and enjoy and how you can start living more like a human today and a disclaimer here i'm joined uh today by a co-host rick and a little disclaimer uh that actually was not previously on the Simple <laughs> human podcast that's actually <laughs> that's actually coming up in 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 two weeks it was uh, too
1: precious for you to wait like two yeah. weeks to throw that down. <laughs> yeah, that may be like you're from now on like 100%. <laughs> the like, intro. Hey, here's a funny thing that somebody said one time, yeah. and yeah. here it is. Yeah. Like it's gonna be hard to top that.
0: So yeah, that was a shocking. Uh, so you so tune in. Uh, you know, next week we're gonna talk about this. We're gonna have Ben Greenfield on next week, and then the week after that is Dr. Richard Hansler, who um, likes to talk about. Something. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you'll it's just a kind of a, a cliffhanger, so to speak. So anyway, on today. Today's show, this is episode 13, we have two-time Olympian Eva T. of Eva T. Strength and Conditioning. Then it's another edition of the Humans Being Human segment with uh, our co-host Rick. We'll wrap up with our Simply Human tip of the week. Just real quick before we get into uh, anything else, find us online at SimplyHumanLifestyle.com, the Facebook page, YouTube channel, Simply Human Kids page. Follow me on Twitter at SimplyHuman52 and email questions, concerns, comments, at uh, Simply human Lifestyle at gmail.com. So, Rick is uh, co-hosting us again as he does from time to time and uh, we just wanted to check in uh, how is uh, how are things going and uh, I'm still having coffee every morning and I think your wife is is tried to give uh, eating like a human a shot.
1: Well, you know, uh, through you, through you know, I started listening to your podcast and you know, you know I've talked here and there, you know, for a while I wanted to, you know, do endurance uh stuff like you know marathons stuff like that so you you know you've always kind of been you know my advice giver and so you start doing this podcast and I started listening to it well I heard whatever episode it was like it was pretty early on you had Vinny Tortorich on and so I started listening to Vinny's podcast as well as yours and uh I, I just I appreciate his very simplistic uh approach to eating. It's not like, okay, here's a list of foods here and a list of sometimes foods here. It's basically just one rule. No sugars, no grains, that's it. And so that works for somebody like me with the kind of, you know, limited nutrition knowledge. And so I started basically boiling how I eat down to to that, to no sugars, no grains most of the time. And uh, my wife was seeing, I, I don't know if she was necessarily seeing like I'm getting skinnier or, or I have more energy or whatever, but. You know I was basically just kind of you know proselytizing to her like you know that I that I like this approach that it works good for me and so uh, after after Thanksgiving, uh, she was like, well I, you know I guess I'll give this a try. It doesn't really seem that complicated that difficult. And my wife is, you know, we we, we, we have two children. Um, she's very busy. She's a stay-at-home mom. Our oldest son is a special needs guy, so he's, you know, it, it requires, you know, a lot of work. So she's very, very, very busy most of the time. And, uh, and so it's difficult for her to follow something that's particularly regimented and, you know, measuring out this and weighing that mm, and how yes. many of these. So uh, she started doing this, did following the basic tenet, the no sugars, no grains. And... Um, She, her first uh, week, maybe week and a half, she was down two pounds. And I think she was pretty like, at first she didn't buy into it. You know, it's, it's, it goes against everything we've been told for the last, I mean, as long as you and I have been alive and probably for the last like, you know, 60 years in this country, food pyramid, blah, 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 and whole grains and grains and grains, blah, 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 no fat. It goes against that. You have to like make a mental, you know, note that, you know. It's not, you know, eating dietary fat, eating eggs, eating stuff like that. It's not actually bad for you like we've been told. And uh, I think once she kind of got past that, and, I, you know, I talked to her when she said, hey, I'm down two pounds. I was like, hey, in the, you know, since you've been eating like this, have you been hungry at all? And she said no. In fact, I felt like I was probably eating too much food right. almost. You know, guilty of the amount of food and guilty at, like the amount of dietary fat. But I just kind of put that outside of my head and just stuck with it. And so she's having success with it. Um, it's something interesting that that I gleaned from one of your podcasts a couple weeks ago with uh, when you had Jason Saibon. on. Um, and, and it may have been on his end like a throwaway comment or something, you know, an, an aside. But for me, it, it, it was a big deal. He said something along the lines of, you know, quit paying attention to your scales. Quit weighing yourself and and, and and evaluate yourself on how you feel and how you move and all this stuff. Don't be beholden, basically, to, you know, numbers on a scale or, you know, numbers on a, you know, a tape measure that you put around yourself. And so I was like, you know what? And I'd been, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, I wouldn't say like.
0: Married you know, to the been, scale?
1: I, well, I've been pretty regular about checking my weight. Yeah. Every single Sunday is when I check my weight. First thing when I got up Sunday morning. And it's good and bad. It's good if you're making a lot of progress. Like when I started taking care of myself about three years ago, it was great because every week I'm down, you know, one, two, or three. And just this number keeps getting smaller and it motivates you. But I'm, you know fairly light now i weigh about 100 i'm six foot about 175 180 pounds i'm at a a comfortable weight for me and so uh when my weight doesn't go down like a pound or two or three or four then i start getting maybe slightly discouraged and so and and that's been a hindrance for me so i really just took this what what jason side said and i was like you know what i'm gonna stop doing that I'm going to pay attention to how my, you know, how my clothes fit, how I feel, how much energy I have, how well I'm sleeping, and I'm going to let that kind of be my guide instead of, you know, always, you know, with this, you know, spreadsheet and writing numbers down and oh, this day I'm down this or up this or you know, I, I'm not paying attention to any of that. I'm, I'm, I'm making smart choices with my foods. I'm eating, uh, you know, very, very extremely amount, limited amounts of grains and sugars, if any at all uh, I'm, you know, getting, you know, moderate amounts of exercise. I'm, I feel like I'm sleeping well. I'm taking care of myself and I feel good and feeling good is what this whole thing is all about. It's not about, you know, you know, looking like uh, Brad Pitt and fight club. It's about <laughs> feeling good and being kind of the best person I guess you can be. And I've, you know, I, I've kind of turned a corner in that regard and I'm, I'm really pleased with what's going on here.
0: Cool. Yeah. That's uh, that's one of the things I just try to like, Punch people in the face with figuratively, is that it, you should never be hungry. It should never be a, a like hard or a trial to lose weight. I mean that's just not natural, and that's just the, what we've been fed for so long. So that's that's good, good to hear. So um, we will hear from Rick uh, a little bit later on the show, but for now let's get to our conversation with Eva T. and we are going to talk to Eva today about. Scrolling up, scrolling up. Uh, family speed, <laughs> three peaks, four pillars, heart rate variability, finding passion in movement, packing on muscle. Rodeo clowns—that's a, a one for uh, like expertise that Rick has. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Excellent.
1: <laughs> but, I'm an amateur rodeo clown over
0: yeah, here. Yeah. yeah. He's a police officer. Same thing. Ooh. Advice Ow. for yeah. <laughs> advice for women's collegiate athletes flossing which is really hilarious tropical water surfing and then we plug paleo fx so here we go all right joining me today on the simple human podcast i'm just beyond thrilled and honored to have this guest on eva t is on the show and she's a two-time olympian in alpine skiing a 12 year veteran of the U.S. ski team. She's won six national championships, won a world championship bronze medal, and is a world technical skiing champion. She's also a master's weightlifting champion, and in 2011, just a couple years ago, she was inducted to the U.S. Ski and Snowboard Hall of Fame. So she is quite the athlete, and I'm so happy to welcome Eva T. on to the Simply Human podcast. Hello, Eva.
2: Hi, thank you. You did really well with that bio.
0: Well, you know, I I, I try to do my homework. You know, I, I don't want to be uh, ill-prepared if if one of my heroes writes back and says, yes, I will give you an hour of my time. So <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, if you could just kind of, you have such an incredibly interesting background and, and kind of just sort of tell us, you know, Eva T. in a nutshell, kind of wh- where you started and, and sort of how you got into skiing and all that.
2: Well, um, It starts before I was born. You know, my parents were um, immigrants from Poland. My father um, defected to the United States um, in 1957, uh, the World Championships in fencing. He uh, was an Olympic fencer. And the World Championships in fencing were in um, Philadelphia. And he never returned back to Poland. Uh, My mom, at the same time, was going to defect at the exact same time, but her mode of defection was taking a a cruise to Denmark was canceled. So she was stuck in um, Poland, and uh, when my dad defected, the KGB was on her for three years. Gosh. (laughs) And three years later, she was able to come to the States, um, and they lived back east in New York for a while. And eventually traveled, um, this is the full Reader's Digest version, um, traveled to um, California. They saw Lake Tahoe and decided that they wanted to be in that area and ski in that area. And soon after that, I was born and um, my father was always an advocate that the family is a unit and that we should do things together. And so I was on the slopes, you know, Um, my parents were teaching skiing and I was... um, you know, there too, as a, as a baby. So that, you know, that, um, that skiing career, um, started, I was on skis at three, started competing at eight years old, um, and freestyle actually. Um, at one point in my career, I did both freestyle and racing. And when I was 12, I asked my mom if I could retire (laughs) from, um, freestyle and just race. Um, so yeah, when I was, uh, 15 or 16, I made the team, did a trip over to Europe, and um, then officially made the team, and uh, that was it. You know, went to World Championships, a couple of Olympics, had um, eight knee surgeries along the way, uh, retired when I was 29, and, um, and then, you know, started getting a little bit into CrossFit, and um, I'm, I would have to say big time into CrossFit, did that for a long time, and kind of panned out, did a little bit more Olympic weightlifting, won the Masters Nationals in Olympic weightlifting in 07. And, um, and here I am now, um, did a functional medicine internship with Dr. Dan Kalish last year. And my business, EVA T Strength and Conditioning, is based around you know, the right doses of food and sleep and exercise for your health status.
0: Well, that, yeah, that's awesome. And, uh, I, okay. So just real quick, and this is kind of uh, a tangent here, but when like the Alpine skiing, I mean, that's like, that's like the insane people that are going faster. I mean, and you really can't, the TV really doesn't do it justice. Can you kind of explain, maybe give us some of the speeds that people reach and what happens if a ski goes out from under you and <laughs> that kind of thing?
2: Mm-hmm. So, um, well, there's four events, and the fastest event downhill the girls are hitting eighty miles an hour quite often, maybe ninety sometimes. Um, when you take a dive in a downhill, um, I always tell people get your car going eighty miles an hour and think about jumping out the door that's what a crash in downhill's like. <laughs> the speed is something that um, you know you train for, and you take baby steps to get there so really, when you're going that fast, you're really prepared and um, Sometimes, you know, 80 can feel like slow if the track is smooth, and 50 can feel like 80 if the track is bumpy. So it's kind of the context is important of what the snow conditions are like. So as far as being scared, a lot of times it depends on the um, on the surface of the snow. Right. And then there's Super G, which is just more turns, and... Um, And the tighter the turns get, the more you're experiencing Gs versus speed. So you're doing tight turns with quite a bit of speed and where you feel the excitement is in the Gs. Right. And then um, slalom is just really quick. It's about a turn every, oh gosh, um, I think it's a turn every 0.8 of a second. Wow. So it's very, very fast. It's very reactive.
0: So what is your perspective as the Olympics are about to start up here? I mean, do you do you still have a pretty good pulse on who's on the team and what the conditions are going to be like and kind of all that stuff?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's cool because the World Cup's been pretty consistent as far as venues from year to year, so I know all the venues. And um, so when I, when I watch, I can see, um, you know, where the girls go to train is the same places, and I recognize them all, and then, the venues for the races are all the same. And so I, when they're skiing down, I know every part of the hill they're skiing down for the most part, for most of the races. Right. So that's pretty cool. Um, and, yeah, I watch the girls. I'm a big fan of Lindsey Vaughn and Julia Mancuso and um, a <laughs> huge fan of Ted Ligety, and, um, and the whole team. The team is stronger than it's ever been in history. And it's really exciting for the sport of skiing in this country.
0: Cool. Is it is it easy for you to watch, or is there still part of that, like, oh, I wish I was still able to do that? Not that you're not able to do it, but you know what I mean? Like, is there still some of that kind of pulling at you?
2: You know, just stand. if I could just, like, put on my suit and my helmet and my bib and, and stand in the starting gate and know that I was going to make it down, da- I was going to be able to race down and, and be okay, I would do it. But there's so much work that I think, people don't understand that go in, that goes into the pre-race that um I don't miss it <laughs> as right, far as right. that goes <laughs> it was very very hard work a lot of pressure um fear at sometimes and travel and when you're a young person it's all cool but yeah. i look back on it and i was like I, I just think wow how did i do that yeah
0: yeah i know we won't get into it but on one of the podcasts you were on i listened to and you kind of explained your travel schedule which was just like in, totally insane! Like it, this didn't even make any sense to me. How you were able to even like be alert to even just walk across the street?
2: Right, right. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, it was um, it was rough, but we managed it somehow, and um, and we did okay. But I think that the the gals now have a little bit more luxurious um, travel schedule, better travel <laughs> modalities, and right. they're a little bit more spoiled than we were.
0: Right, right, yeah. Yeah, you had to you had to you go ski uphill both ways, kind of thing. Yeah, we but still had to hike stones back then. Yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, you had to hike up the hill. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, if you go to evatstrengthandconditioning.com, dot com, that's all one word, and I'll have a link to that in our show notes. You can see what Eva's got going on, and the about me section, and all that. And and one of the things that I wanted to highlight uh, on the show is that you have the three peaks. And I have the four pillars. And the four, right. and the four pillars of the Simply Human lifestyle is eat like a human, sleep like a human, move like a human, and then enjoy life like a human. And the three peaks are strong, healthy, happy, and then those things combined equals longevity. Is that, is that kind of in yep. a nutshell? Kind of explain, it, sort of go into a little bit more detail.
2: Well, it's in a, if you picture it and if you go to my website, it's in a Venn diagram. So there's the triangle of strength. The triangle of happiness and the triangle of health, and in the middle, that's longevity. And the the basis of it is that, you know, for our training or our exercise, that strength leads to health, and health leads to happiness, and and all those things together lead to a long life of um, longevity. But a good quality of life is, I think, the most important thing. Right. Um, we want to avoid sickness and problems as much as possible and we want to stack the cards in our favor. And so to do that, um, those are my recommendations is to have a really good strength base, eat well, sleep well, um, find your passions and, um, and then that should help you, uh, live a great quality of life.
0: Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of overlap, uh, between our philosophies, uh, and, uh, and, uh, we had uh, Jim Laird and Molly Galbraith on the show recently, and one of the questions I asked Jim was, you know, he's got this whole, you know, the minimum effective dose kind of deal, and you have the MDME training, which is the minimum dose, maximum effort. And so, what one of the things I asked Jim was, okay, in today's culture, I don't think this, but when people hear, oh, minimum effective dose, or what's the least amount I have to do, they think, well, that's that's cheating. That's not that's not spending an hour on the treadmill to create a calorie deficit. So sort of explain your, your minimum dose, maximum effort training and why it is so effective.
2: Okay. Well, it's minimum dose, maximum effect.
0: Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, effect. I got the first three letters right.
2: That's okay. And we call it MDM, MDME training in EVA-T, strength and conditioning land. And um, it's basically the theory that you should be doing the minimum dose to support your passions and that means that um, I always say if you can get fit in 20 squats why would you do 50 and we have and there's a couple things that go with minimum dose maximum effect training one is just joint wear you know you you bend that paper clip enough times and it's gonna break so you wanna do the minimum dose for the maximum effect as far as joint integrity is concerned um, but you want, also want to do the minimum dose maximum effect um, for because we have a, a new environment that we live in now. We've got computers and phones and there's a lot of input. And um, I think that those cause stress. And stress is stress is stress. And whether it's food stress and whether it's sleep stress, whether it's emotional stress or exercise stress. And we know that we do need to have a stress on our body to elicit an adaptation, but we also know that if you're not in a zone to um, to train or exercise, then um, that can add to, uh, to that can occur and be a negative stress. So I think knowing how you're feeling and knowing where you stand. Um, when you do decide to exercise, is important to know. And um, I do that through two ways. I do adrenal stress testing, and then I also recommend that folks use the BioHealth um, HRV monitor.
0: Right. Yeah, I actually have the uh, iFleet I- app and then the SweetBeat uh-huh. app. And the days that I'm going to you know, lift or do any sort of uh, physical exertion, I do actually do both just to kind of get an average. uh, I check blood sugar, you know, almost every day. And I just, I'm just sort of a nerd. I like to know, like, how my body is responding to different things and when I'm eating and what I'm eating and if I'm overstressed. And you're like, you know, I had a, just getting over a cold and Mm -hmm. my heart rate variability was in the toilet. uh, Right. Just because, you know, my body was dealing with other things. And so I just, I love, and I used to do a lot of endurance training. And, uh, you know, there was no, there was no, uh, I guess, option to not get my training in. It's like I had to get the hour run-in today or I had to do my hour-and-a-half swim. And it, it was kind of nice over the last couple of days, like, you know what? My heart variability said not to work out, so I'm just going to take it easy today and eat good food and, and uh, recover. And it was kind of nice to be able to do that.
2: <laughs> right, to get permission to.
0: Right. <laughs>
2: and I think that that's where I called folks like that evolved Trainees. They've, um, they've screwed it up, they've gone too hard, they've gone too long, and they've um, become a student of their own health, like you are, and they've figured out for themselves. For me, I, the business of Eva T Strength and Conditioning maybe isn't the most successful business because I don't um, want people to rely on me forever. I want to teach them the skills to rely on themselves and i'm just a sounding board for the most part right. i get them started but i try to get them to learn um how to manage themselves right so
0: well, cool. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's... Sorry
2: about that. I a text. <laughs> oh,
0: no, you're fine. Yeah. I was looking around. I was like, Where, was that me? Was that Skype? <laughs> was that my phone? Was that, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that'll happen. I'm, I listen to so many podcasts. Like I was listening to the Dave Asprey podcast today while I was walking on my treadmill with my seven week old son, which he loves it because it puts him to sleep and I get my walk in and, uh, and yeah, his, uh, his deal went off and I was like looking all around, I was tripped with holding my son on the treadmill. Like, what was that? Well, I was going to wake him up. Oh, wait, it's the podcast. Never mind. Okay. So, um, let's see, I was going to ask you uh, like, sort of like, what is, your, what are your bullet points of, okay, sort of like the move, like a human pillar Okay, and ha- how, what is your sort of philosophy on how to, how to move he- like a healthy human?
2: Well, I think pl- I'm not as organized as you are, Mark. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't have it in bullet points on a whiteboard in on my in my office. Yeah.
2: Um. So, um, I would have to say this. I, as I've aged, I've realized how important it is to have a passion in your movement. And for me, it's surfing. For some people, it's riding their bike. For some people, it's gardening. For some people... But we want to be able to do that um, when we want. And we don't want a back injury, and we don't want decrepitness to hold us back. And that can happen at any time of our life. You can get a bulging disc, and you can be on your knees. You can be, as one of my friends said, you can be like a shrimp for six weeks, right? Right. So I think that um, health-wise... Tufts University has a really cool study that they did, and they found that the number one biomarker for health is muscle mass, and number two is strength. <laughs> so, I would say, for the basis for everyone out there, one of the healthiest things you can do for your body is pack on some muscle. And um, that means just doing the basic lifts back squat, deadlift power clean, bench press, press, and maybe some power snatches. And I classify Olympic lifting as gymnastics for the masses because it is so technical. So I put Olympic lifting in my skill and gymnastics category. And I think that not all of us can throw a backflip or a cartwheel or a handstand. So your safe way of getting your gymnastics in could be with the bar and it could be with Olympic weightlifting and I do love beginning gymnastics and I think that that's something that uh, I encourage people to go to their basic you know their local gym, gym gym and see if they have a basic gymnastics course and so continuing to explore movement um, throughout your life is important but I like the, um, the baseline and the foundation of strength training and then skill work would be a little bit of olympic weightlifting.
0: Right. Yeah my, and, yeah, my Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: And then you know, um metabolic conditioning, you know, they say fitness is cheap. You can get fit in 2 weeks and it can be gone in 2 weeks. So, I don't really freak out about metabolic conditioning. I uh I really try to instill in my in my uh clients and in myself that strength is the 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 pillar of my exercise and then i can go out and do everything else and be a little bit more bulletproof
0: right yeah my wife just got cleared this morning actually you know like the the doctor's like all right you're good to go after having the baby uh, that that whole appointment and uh so i'm like <laughs> so i'm like okay um we're going to need to talk about your programming tonight cuz i'm going to get her on like a okay walk as much as you possibly can and then I'm going to put her on like a, a deadlift, back squat, shoulder press, bench press, and pull up uh, rotation, and that's it. And and then from there, and I obviously, you know, I'm like sleep is number one. Like if you need to sleep because you're you know feeding a baby every you know four hours, then obviously that is the number one priority. But when you feel like it, get a walk in or get so that's not doesn't have to be all right. Time to get your pre-pregnancy body back. You got to spend ninety minutes a day on the elliptical, you know, and and be eating. <laughs> uh bird seed and raw salad. Yeah, and fat free yogurt. <laughs> like that sounds like hell. Um so anyway, yeah, so I'm uh and okay, so kind of transitioning there, I I already kinda of talked to you about I this I have one question for you. Yes, Delmar. yes, yes.
2: Has she has she been able to do some programming for you, like diaper changing and um <laughs>
0: Yes, actually, I'm on quite the program. Uh, on, on my whiteboard next to my bullet points of move like a human, it is. Yeah, change this many diapers per day. Walk with him this much per day, uh, and then get my daughters fed and put to bed, and 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 sort of play. Uh, uh, kind of distract the girls at night instead of coming into the bed, our bed where the baby is, and waking him up. I have to sort of you know move them. Out, you know, in the middle of the night, which is always interesting. So yeah, so I, I'm on a program as well.
2: You're like the you're like the rodeo clown.
0: Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, I am. Well, I, for you. <laughs> yeah, rodeo clown in in many different ways. My friends would agree with that that I'm am <laughs> a clown in many degrees. Um, <laughs> well, okay, so let's. Uh, I sort of already uh, prepped you for this, but okay, I work at a university and in, a, in an athletic office, and our women's volleyball team, you know, for instance, they're they're on a pretty good uh, strength program right now where they're doing some olympic lifting and stuff. But if you were in front of, let's say, a collegiate women's volleyball team and, you know, they're, you know, they're college girls, you know, so they're worried about this and that and and, you know, all sort of the normal things that girls are worried about, what would you tell them and, and sort of explain how you when you first made the the U.S. Olympic team, that they had you doing a lot of cardio, and then and your dad's reaction to that, and sort of sort of take it from there.
2: Okay, so my dad was a kinesiologist and um, and a professor in biomechanics, so he knew what he was doing. But of course, as a daughter, you never listen to your parents. And um, that's so when good I to know. He, I
0: have two daughters, so that yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, so. We were doing a lot of cross-country running and we are playing a lot of soccer, which is ludicrous because the most dangerous sport in the world on your knees, I think is soccer and I think skiing is right up there. Yeah. So we were putting ourselves at double risk there and then we were running and um, I remember going to camps and how they tested us as we went on these cross-country runs and my dad was like, you know, if you really want to be a good skier, you need to start lifting some weights And I wouldn't listen because I wanted to impress the U.S. ski team coaches and keep running. So um, to the volleyball girls is that, you know, in order to have a good career, you want to continue to climb up and you want to continue to progress. And so I would say that getting yourself strong so that you avoid injury, to me, would be the, the foundation of your training. And I, I know that you've seen women um, preparing for a jump and their knees knock together, and, and all of us know, like, oh my god, you know, there's an ACL injury coming down the pipe. So, to be able to have um, to know some good motor patterns and to um, get strong in those motor patterns is really important. And so, you're gonna, I'm gonna sound redundant, but I think that um, just raw strength um, is going to be foundational. Forget the damn cardio. And, um, it you know, a, a bigger engine, as Mark Ripito said, never hurt anyone. And if you really want to burn fat, you really want to have a good body, you're going to have to, number one, eat and sleep well. And number two, you're going to have to build some muscle so that you burn that fuel.
0: Right. So, so there is really no basis for the fear that so some of these uh, uh players on the women's volleyball team that oh I, we're lifting all this weight we're going to bulk up and be these huge bodybuilder looking you know women that I mean that's totally baseless uh right yeah
2: i mean if you look if you look at the research like what is the one thing that can increase your vertical jump the most
0: was it back right? squats
2: it's a back squat yeah. <laughs> and you go on you know the nfl combine if you go on i i wrote a um an article recently on the box jump and vertical jump and the different types of jumps. And um, I posted a video of the football combine and how the guys were um, uh, getting tested on their vertical jump. And it was amazing. There was guys that weighed 270 pounds and their vertical jump is 35, 36, 37 inches.
0: explosive, yeah.
2: They're so explosive and that's what you want. I mean, do you want to look good in your shorty shorts or do you want to <laughs> slam that volleyball down someone's throat? Yeah. That's the question. Right. You want to win games.
0: Yeah. What's your priority? <laughs> what's
2: your priority. And um, unfortunately for high school girls, they want they want it all. They want their ass to look good in their shorts and they want to win. But if you want a college scholarship or you want to go to the Olympic Games, you got to forget about that stuff.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: you know and 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 on top of that mark we know the trend towards a beautiful body isn't isn't the skinny uh, model on the cover of vogue it's um someone with a little more meat on their bones right. and as soon as we can educate girls that that that's okay and that that's healthy that the better off we're gonna be
0: right and so instead of having like the Victoria's secret uh fashion show on network TV it would be like the the U.S. Olympic Ski Team Women's uh, Lingerie Fashion Show. And they're like, let's see what like a real woman looks like.
2: Right. And, you know, I was watching skiing the other day. And I don't know what it is. But I used... To... I don't want to say it. When I was skiing, everyone was ugly. But it was...
0: <laughs> you could <can> say that.
2: <laughs> okay. When I was skiing, everyone was ugly. Except me. No. <laughs> right, um, right. Yeah, there were some beautiful women on the circuit. But there were definitely some girls that... Um, we're, we're, we're a little bit more tomboyish. And um, now it, it seems like the top women in the world, they all could just jump onto the runway. They're just gorgeous. Right. And um, I don't know if uh, there's just more focus on being able to be an ass kicker and look good. Right. Um, that's more and marketable, I think that that's maybe. absolutely okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Well, as we're we're coming up on, on time, and I want to have the last question that I'm going to ask you, but before we get there, real quick, um, you have sort of a a, a thought and philosophy on um, teeth cleaning and flossing. Can you sort of explain how uh, how important flossing is?
2: Oh <laughs> well, how, what's this? What's this podcast rated?
0: Um, you, you can you can say what you said on Sibes podcast.
2: Okay. Well, there's a couple things I say about flossing. Um, If I have someone that I'm supposed to be respectful to and they're not flossing, I say, if you're not flossing, you're doing 100% of the job at 60% of the work. So that means if you're just brushing. And when you take a shower, do you only wash 60% of your body? (laughs) Or miss 60% of your body? And I look at them and I'm like, that's kind of gross. Yeah. And they go, yeah. But where the rubber hits the road is I say, not flossing is like not wiping your ass after you poop. Yeah,
0: <laughs> That's what really... I mean, I, I floss pretty regularly and that's what really was like, okay. All right, Rogers. Time to start flossing every day.
2: <laughs> right. And, and it's really, you know, we talk about gut health and I'm going to be really quick with this and gut permeability and how big proteins and bacteria and viruses have free reign into your bloodstream stream if your intestinal tract is not sound. Right? right? But there's another part of the body, and that is your mouth. And if you're flossing and you're bleeding, or if the hygienist, when, when you are getting your teeth cleaned by the hygienist and, sh- and, and you say to her, I always bleed, well, guess what? In hygiene school, they taught us it's not normal to bleed. To bleed. Right. Um, If you're bleeding out your eyeballs this bad, you'd run screaming to the ER. Right,
0: yeah, something is wrong.
2: Something's not right, but what's important to know is that your tissue is compromised, so everything you put in your mouth is going directly into your bloodstream too and potentially causing systemic inflammation. So, so brush and floss, ladies and gentlemen, from your local (laughs) hygienists.
0: Very good, very good. Okay, so final question. I hate that I feel like we could just... I could talk all day. I can go a little
2: over, but I don't know if you can. Do what? I can go a little over. I don't know if you
0: can. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Here, it's three o'clock and you're like, uh, I didn't mean this far over. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, one question that I ask everyone on the show, and it's part of the the enjoy life pillar, uh, you know, because if you're eating human foods and you're getting good sleep and you're moving correctly, but you're just overstressed and you're not enjoying yourself, like all that, goes out the window. And so what is one thing in particular, it doesn't have to do with anything about skiing or it might, it might be, it might not just whatever. It could be anything. What is one thing that you enjoy about life or something you do to make life more enjoyable?
2: I would have to say that's an easy one. I love surfing in tropical water. Cool. Um, that would be it. I love the colors. I love the freedom and, um, I love the people.
0: Well, I'm in Abilene, Texas, which is like right in the middle of Texas, and there is no, there is no tropical water surfing around here. So I wish I could go out and try that, but
2: not here either. But you got to figure out a way. I think there's pretty good flights down to Cabo, yeah, Texas. There,
0: there you go. There you go. Cool. Well, are you going to be at Paleo FX? Are you speaking, or are you going to be I am planning
2: on being at Paleo FX. I'm also going to be with Jim Laird and Molly Galbraith. At Train Like a Girl.
0: Cool. And I'll link to that in the show notes as well.
2: Yes, and I'm really excited about that. And I think that I love those two because they're on there's not many people on the same page. Right. There's still a lot of people, what I call um, squirrel, where <laughs> they're running around <laughs> like a squirrel, squirrel trying to get every exercise in in the book right. and do as many as they can, and as quickly as they can, and then I'm like squirrel! <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so um but I think I, I'm hoping that people start to educate themselves and do this do this exercise stuff correctly because the dose makes the poison.
0: Right, right. And I just yeah, it's crazy. I just talked to them on Tuesday and it was awesome. And uh, I've I've had uh, Paul Jaminet on the show and Jimmy Moore and I I did Jason Jason Side was he's sort of my. Uh, virtual coach right now. Uh, and I'm, mm-hmm. he's, I'm doing his programming and and, and excited to meet everyone because my, my in-laws live in Georgetown, which is just north of Austin. And okay. uh, and so I'll be there. I've actually just registered today. I was kind of toying, didn't know which registration I was going to do and all that stuff. So if uh, this is a little plug for Paleo FX, it's, uh, what is it, April 11th?
2: I think it's, in, in, well, maybe you know better than I do.
0: Here we go. I've got the, well... Anyway, go to, you should go to paleofx.com and you can read all about it. It's a great, it's, great thing.
2: It's a great thing. I, even as a presenter there, I'm always tr- – like I was this year I was presenting across from Rob Wolf, so I didn't get to go listen to Rob, and I was so frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> such a, uh, a very good eye-opener and such a blessing to have all those great scientists there that – the propellers are spinning fast and they're sharing with you and you get to touch them and talk to them. And it's, um, it's a fantastic experience. And, um, you know, Michelle and Keith Norris are to thank for that. And what a fantastic event. If you can get there, beg, borrow and steal and go.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I will be, uh, a, a, I guess a consumer this year and, and hopefully one of these days I will be able to present or do something, uh, uh, at paleo FX, where I'm, I'm part of the show, so to speak. So that's kind of my, one of my aspirations. So anyway, all right, well, I sure appreciate it. And, and again, like we could, I feel like we could go forever on this stuff and I, I would love to have you back on the show and I'm going to be looking forward to meeting you in, uh, in Austin in April.
2: Okay. Well, and, um, thank you. I really am honored to be on your show and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here and I'll happy to be happy to come back.
0: Cool. All right. Well, I appreciate it and we will talk to you soon.
2: Okay, take care.
0: All right. Thank you, Eva T. I'll have links to everything we talked about in today's show. In the show notes, you can find the show notes by either going to simplyhumanpodcast.blogspot.com, which is kind of complicated, or you can just go to simplyhumanlifestyle.com and click on the Take Me to the Simply Human podcast uh, at the bottom of the page. So now, it's time for the Humans Being Human segment. In this uh, episode, we're just going to seamlessly transition right in. There's not going to be the <laughs> noise that I normally put in uh, my creative genius uh, producing skills. And so, Rick uh, had a couple of, uh, of, of good stories. One involved, a, uh, I believe, we'll start with the, the red light ticket. Okay.
1: So I've been I've been an officer for for quite a while, and I'm you know it takes a lot of different kinds of personalities to make a police department work, and you know you got to have some of those guys who will write a ticket to anybody and everybody I guess because you know enforcing traffic laws theoretically is what keeps people driving safe. Then you have guys like me, and I really don't write a lot of tickets. I mean, it, it's very common for, for me to like maybe write like you know maybe three or four tickets a month, maybe tops. But uh, you know I, I generally focus on on different things. Uh, Anyways so I'm I'm driving around and this has been oh, this has probably been like 6 years ago or so
0: do you, focus on, do you focus on streakers? Is that what your main focus is? When you're uh, yeah, around?
1: anytime they put out a call of a naked person. <laughs> By the way, an aside, that actually happens fairly frequently. You get a call of like a naked person running around in an apartment complex or a shopping center. And when you first start out in your career, you're like, Oh, yeah, naked person. Lights and sirens, baby. Let me tell you, the person that is naked that people call the police about it's never someone yeah. that looks good naked. Yeah, yeah. It's always some kind of like crazy homeless bum the or Santa like a, Claus
0: look alike from the uh, from the mall. Yeah, yeah. fed up. It's
1: yeah. never someone that you really want to get in a hurry to see uh, <laughs> naked. But anyways, uh, anyway, so I'm driving around uh, one afternoon. And I see this guy run a red light, and just a little bit of an aside. You know, probably most of your people in your podcast have been pulled over and gotten tickets before. Um, generally speaking uh, the, my least favorite traffic stop possible is to pull someone over who is run a red light because, you know, you pull somebody over who's doing like, you know, 20 over the speed limit. There's really no arguing out of that one. There's really no like, Oh, I wasn't doing uh, 90 miles an hour. Um, you know, people know gener- I mean, they'll come up with excuses. You know, I was late for work. I'm going to the hospital. I, 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 I put my sp-
0: pants. A- I, that's what I, I use.
1: Yeah, I have a, I'm a surgeon, I, I'm trying to get to the ER to do a heart transplant, Whatever I'm like, yeah, is. heart transplant, doctor, for <laughs> sure thing. Well, there's no, like, there's no arguing out of some of those tickets, or like, you know, your vehicle registration's expired, it is cut and dry, it's black and white. Well, I don't know if I've ever pulled over anyone in my career for running a red light that didn't immediately launch into this argument over whether or not the light was red, and... I'm one of those guys, uh, traffic stop-wise, pretty liberal. Like, I'm not going to pull you over unless it's, like, a real legitimate violation. And I'm not talking about, like, oh, the tail end of your car was clearly still in the intersection when the light (laughs) turned red, sir. In disaccordance with uh, (laughs) city statute number 644. No, like, if I pull you over, it's you've done something horribly wrong and, you know, needs to be addressed. Well, so one afternoon, it had been raining all day. Uh, just pouring down rain. But at this point, it, was, it wasn't it was raining anymore because I'll be honest with you. If it's raining, yeah, good luck uh, getting me out of my car. <laughs> but it's uh, so it stopped raining, and I see this like guy. society,
0: blowing. you're on your own.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so, raining. Like, uh, this guy blows this red light, and it must have been bad because I don't stop people unless it's real bad. So I stop this guy, and I walk up. And, and honestly, at this point, like I'm still not even 100% going to write this guy a ticket. I may go back and look at his driving history, and we'll go from there, yada, yada. But... So I go up, and I was like, hey, you know, sir. I'm Officer Bentley with the such-and-such you know, such police department. I need to see your license and insurance. And he just immediately launches into, F you! I was like, F oh, me? Oh, man. F you, buddy! Give me your license <laughs> and insurance. And he was like, what are you stopping me for? And that happens every now and again. But he's like, what are you stopping me for? I was like, well, the reason I stopped you is when you went through that light back there at uh, you know, you know, the intersection of Main and Broadway. The, uh, the light was red. And uh, And a dead body fell out of your trunk. (laughs) Yeah. Like, the the, the whole of your car was not even close to the intersection when the light turned red. And, you know, I'm not one of those cops. I'm not going to argue with somebody. Okay, if I pull you over for this, it's because you have done this. Uh, I'm not going to have an argument at the side of the road with you. I'll argue it out in court if that's what you want to do. But, you know, I pulled you over. I'm not looking for a discussion over it. This is why I did it, and this is what we're going to do about it. Well, this guy, you know, gives me his license and insurance and is like, you, you're you full of garbage, blah, 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 your quota and blah, 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 and you hate, you know, white people. I'm like, whoa, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a white guy. Like, I don't know. He's pulling every car out of the deck trying to get out of this and arguing that the light was yellow and all this. And I've got video in my patrol car. It's clearly, very clearly red. And, uh, you know, this is a kind of a no-brainer. And this guy is flipping out so bad that, like, I start thinking, like, You know, there's like a legit shot this guy could, like, you know, rage out so hard that he just attacks me. Like, Like I actually might want to, like, start thinking that end of it. So, I get on my little radio. I was like, uh, tango, tango, mango, mango. I need a a backup officer. So, I start walking back to my car. uh, And this guy's flipping out so bad and his car is like shaking from side to side. He's having such a rage fit that I'm like, man, this guy's insane. So I'm like walking back, but I'm walking back to my patrol car and I'm walking back backwards because I don't want to turn my back on him. I want to keep an eye on him. He's pulled over onto some random side street. So it's not like we're on the freeway where I'm going to get run over. Well, so I'm walking backwards to my car. Well, unbeknownst to me, there's like a in the in the street running from curb to curb from side to side. There's a metal drainage grate uh, that's you know a f- couple feet wide. Well, I guess because it's been raining all day, this you know it's very slippery. Well, I'm walking back, and you can imagine me like walking back, like creeping all slowly. Your my hand on your out, gun. You yeah, and uh, I didn't realize this grate was here and I slipped and fell backwards. <laughs> and I'm not talking about like I just stumbled a little
0: bit. And kind of caught yourself. I, yeah, yeah. I
1: did a complete <laughs> one, a vertical 180, like, Banana peel. my feet are where my head is supposed to be. My head is where my feet are <laughs> supposed to be. It's actually like looking back on it, I, I really. It's a miracle I didn't actually like hurt myself really badly. Yeah, did you
0: not knock the wind out of yourself?
1: <laughs> no, and it, it did. It like it, I hit so hard, and I didn't know it was coming because I'm walking backwards. It was a complete <laughs> surprise. You know, I'm about to get on the radio. like fish are down. I fell, and I can't get up. Well, I slip and fall, and I like, and I, I'm, I, I'm on the ground, and I look up, and I get up, try to get up pretty quickly, and it's obviously I'm pretty sore, and I look up to, you know, take my bearings and what's going on around me, and this guy that I've pulled over is in his car, and he is just cackling, just howling at me. Oh, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. You stupid effing pig, and blah blah blah. Oh, You're yeah, poetic justice. I was like. All right, well, that makes this decision, uh, ticket or warning, rather rather easy to make. So I go back, and I scratch off the ticket, and I walk back up, and I was like, uh, all right, sir, uh, as a result of my uh, my traffic infraction investigation, you've been issued <laughs> a citation. He's like, a ticket? A ticket for what? I was like, a ticket for running the red light and for laughing at me good day sir i <laughs> like throwing that
0: <laughs> that actually reminds me of uh when i was in college i i just finished playing college football so here you are i'm this like you know this big tough testosterone filled football player and i was going to a game football game oh, slower yeah and uh I, there was a bunch of like high school kids uh standing around like throwing the football around and punting and all this stuff. So I'm gonna like go over and it's on like I don't know if you know Shotwell Stadium. There's like it used to be like kind of a caliche dirt uh parking you, lot.
1: You don't know if I know Shotwell Stadium or are you talking to other people? You.
0: Yeah. Oh uh, yes, yeah, you of yeah, you know Shotwell Stadium. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And so like outside it's like this kind of dirt uh uh parking lot so i like i get this ball and i know some of these kids and and i you know a lot of them i don't and i'm like kind of like watch this boys i'm gonna show (laughs) you boys how you punt a ball into the sky into the universe and so i mean i like like rear up and i'm gonna punt this thing and like just like punt the skin off of this thing i'm gonna punt it so hard and i go through and i go my wind up and i swing at this ball and I mean I'm, I make great contact but my left foot I kick it with my right foot and my left foot just like s- <laughs> just slides on that on the rock and I land like on this bed of rocks and I mean it was like one of those I couldn't that's why I asked you if you knocked the breath out of you because not only could I not breathe for like five minutes but for like the rest <laughs> of the game I couldn't even like turn my neck or I, I had like back spasms the whole night and of course everyone is like dying laughing at, at me I'm like yeah you, Great punt, you idiot. So... Anyway. You're like doing,
1: like trying to pull an Uncle Rico. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: I'm gonna throw these this ball over the mountains over there. Yeah, exactly. Very
1: quickly. I know this is impromptu. That reminds me of like my funniest Mark Ryder story oh, ever. No. Of when uh, you're working at the TV station and you know you're giving a tour to like you know this kid and his friends. Like they wanted to come up and tour to the station, like on their birthday, which you know some people do every now. And, and, and I was the sports they, director.
0: I was the sports broadcaster. At yeah, the time. you're
1: the guy. It's in charge of the you're, like the buck stops at your desk. at the sports department and you're like showing these kids around you're like okay and you see sees like this mavericks calendar on your desk and he's like oh man i'm a big mavericks fan too and just aside mark is the most encyclopedic that's not even a word encyclopedic knowledge of the dallas mavericks i've ever known in my life ever Me and Mark both grew up huge Mavs fans, and Mark's like, oh, yeah, well, I guess you can say I'm a Mavs fan. In fact, (laughs) name me anything about the Mavericks. You ask me one question. Ask me who the second-round draft pick in 1982 was. You ask me who was the fourth bench coach in 1987. You ask me anything you want whatsoever, period. End of story in the history (laughs) of the Dallas Mavericks franchise, and I will tell you who it is. And the kid goes... Oh, that's pretty crazy! Hey, who do they play tonight? And you're like, ha, ha, I don't know. <laughs> the most simple question possible. What, like, like even uh, even easier, know, even people that aren't even Maz fans, yeah. like I
0: don't know. Like even easier than like who is the coach or what is their current record or what place are they in? Like and who then, are they the playing that, tonight? Like, you're
1: the sports director of the station. You're gonna have to cut highlights yeah, that night, yeah. like, and write the story about it. And you're like, wait, who do they play again? Uh, what's going on? Where am I?
0: I have no idea, yeah yeah that is that's a flaw, knowing too much about the past and not being in the in the moment I think oh, that's my favorite mark story ever <laughs> that is a pretty good one uh all right, well, that was a good uh good, hearty edition of the humans being human segment, so uh now it's time for the simply human tip of the week, and uh I have one written out, and I thought of one. Uh, a, a different one as we were uh, as we were talking and I was going to impromptu put it in uh, here but now I can't remember so you know what I'm just going to do the one that I wrote in and I'll do that one later so hey, man, good story <laughs> yeah sorry I'll go back <laughs> in and edit that part out um, okay so the the simple human Tip of the week is to lift heavy things correctly so anyone can lift heavy things so I urge you to go out and find someone with Olympic lifting expertise who knows what a correct squat looks like and what these correct movements look like. You know your everyday personal trainer is probably not qualified. Uh, you can also join EP LifeFit by going to EPLifeFit.com and signing up. Uh, They'll critique your movements via video. And I'm sure there are other venues like that that will critique you uh, by videos that you submit. You can also buy Kelly Starrett's book, "Becoming a Supple Leopard." and working through the movements that way. I'm also trying to get Kelly on the show next month working with his assistant. Uh, and then once you know how to lift, then start lifting heavy stuff. And the five movements I think are most important are back squat, deadlift, shoulder press, bench press, and then strict overhand pull-ups. So that is the simple Human tip of the week. And when I find, and Rathana, I remember that other one, it was kind of a crazy one. Uh, I will uh, I will do that one in a, in a, in a, in a subsequent, what's the next uh, yeah, follow, coming one, yeah. Yeah, uh, podcast coming up? Yeah, podcast. So, Hi right, Rick, uh, thank you for co-hosting again. It was uh, a lot of fun, and we'll, I'm sure we will have not that you have anything to do with this, but uh, just another plug. We'll probably have Rick the Caveman three uh, coming up uh, here in the next few weeks. So, uh, but you wouldn't have, know anything about that, uh, wouldn't have anything to do with that because no, you are th- not th- Rick he the Caveman. He so he doesn't sound anything like he does whatsoever. whatsoever. He, he doesn't. Is. At all. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of the Simply Human podcast. Rick, you have any parting words? Uh, No, not particularly. Just uh, listen and and uh, and uh, try to be a healthy
1: person. Try to be a healthy human.
0: There it is. All right, coming up next time, it's an interview with the one and only Ben Greenfield at bengreenfieldfitness.com. So make sure to tune in on December 28th, which is also my 11th anniversary. So you can find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Links to the Facebook page, YouTube channel, Simply Human Kids page. Follow me on Twitter at simplyhuman fifty two. Email questions, concerns, comments to simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. Please leave a review, good or bad, any publicity is good publicity. So, that'll do it for this edition of the Simple Human Podcast. And remember...
2: Not flossing is like not wiping your
0: ass after you poop. So until next time, enjoy yourself.